All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Welcome to the Teacher Talking Time Podcast for Learners, The Cult of Learning, episode number nine. To those of you who are new to our series, the aim of this podcast is to encourage learners, language learners in general, to find and pursue what they're passionate about when learning a foreign language. The Cult of Learning series are episodes for learners of language. And in these episodes, we discuss tools and strategies for learning and provide opportunities for effective listening practice. I am Leo, and today I am joined once again by my two buddies, Mike and Andrew, and we're going to be talking about words that influenced the year of 2020. Perhaps we should call this episode Words of an Unprecedented Year. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Yeah, yeah, that's right. We will talk about it. We will talk about some of our favorite words this year and how you can actually actively learn new words in, in, in English. Important announcement. So before we get the ball rolling, we have a very few important reminders for those of you. If you are listening to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to it in your favorite podcast player. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to learn more about the work that we do and the courses that we offer, don't forget to visit our website, www.learnyourenglish.net and subscribe to our mailing list for promotions, for our newsletter and many other uh, freebies that we offer. If you are a language learner and you're tired of learning in a classroom, then you should join our School of Learning. You only pay once, $5, cheaper than, uh, what kind of coffee is cheaper than $5? Let's say... Uh, anything but Starbucks. Anything but Starbucks, right. <laughs> and you will get... <laughs> you will get unlimited a gas access. Coffee. There you go. You will get unlimited. And when I say unlimited, it means for the rest of your life or for as long as you live. You have access to our School of Learning. And if you like the work that we do with the School of Learning, then you should also consider our quick fixes, which are more specific and include things like how to extend a conversation in English, mastering the IELTS speaking exam, and boosting your IELTS scores with patterns. Quick fixes are only $10, probably cheap than a, a McDonald's Happy Meal, and we guarantee that you will definitely notice improvements in your language. We're going to start our episode today with words. We haven't talked about vocabulary in this podcast today, but boys, quick question to both of you, but I'm going to start with this. Did you know that this year is the first time ever the Oxford Dictionary didn't name a word of the year? Hmm. What? Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. What happened at Actually, Oxford? I have a quote here by Oxford. They described 2020 as a year which cannot be neatly accommodated in one single word. What do you think about that, Mike? Hmm. I, yeah, I think that the people at Oxford need to relax a little bit and stop being such uh, academics. No, 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 no. I think it's it's true, you know, Leo, because this year has just been wild for many people, right? We gone, We went from celebrating the start of a new year as we do every year, and then we had the international pandemic, and then we had different people experiencing that pandemic differently. Um, and now we have this supposed vaccine that's going to make our lives different in the year coming. So 
just like a real roller coaster of a year might be a good way of describing mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. I, yeah, for sure. Word of the year is an interesting concept because I, I was looking into it and dictionaries put out their words of the year and it seems like they do it by the, the most searched word um, through their digital or online dictionary. So looking at, yeah, Leo, what you said here. So Merriam-Webster and dictionary.com, the word pandemic is both mm -hmm. their their mm -hmm. word well, of the year sense. because it was the most searched word uh, on their Actually, database, which is interesting. Just so you know, the use of the word pandemic has increased by more than 57,000% this year. Right. Wow. I wonder I about the, last... the word unprecedented too. I have the stats here. Oh, I, of course. You the do. last time they used the word pandemic was during the uh, Spanish, uh, the Spanish uh, pandemic back in the day in the 20s. And I wonder right. if we had actually dictionaries back in the day to, to mm -hmm. check the frequency of a word. But what's important is instead of a single word today, we will talk about our personal end of year review, of course, sharing our favorite words of the year. And we'll also talk a little bit about how we learned and remember um, these words. The truth of the matter is languages evolve. But this year, I'd say it is fair to say that the rate of the evolution of words has definitely increased exponentially. What do you have to say about this, Andrew? Um, the, the rate of what is exponentially? What does what? that mean? Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> Threw me off with that one. Well, because we're basically using a lot of um, a lot of new words. This is why I think the word unprecedented has become <laughs> one of the key words for 2020. Yeah, I think unprecedented is an example of a word that a lot of people, myself included, don't quite use accurately or haven't before to mean, of course, something that has never happened before. And 2020 is a year uh, for 99% of the people on Earth. You know, there are some people who were alive during the Spanish flu, which is amazing to see. Um, but most people have not lived through something like a pandemic. So uh, unprecedented is an accurate word. Um, and looking through the list of all the words that are the most frequently searched here, it's interesting. They're all, I mean, obviously all connected to the pandemic, all to coronavirus, all wow. to mm -hmm. things that I assume, unless you were in the medical field, you wouldn't use or come across on a daily basis. Things like quarantine, asymptomatic mm -hmm. viruses, mm -hmm. pandemics, um, super spreaders, you know, these types, say, this type of vocabulary. Those are, yeah, those are new words, right? Super spreader, yeah. for example. My, I, to me, that sounds like a new word. Sorry. Lee, I mean, I, was, I remember in, in the spring when I heard someone say the term social distancing together as a collocation, and I, I, I laughed because I'd never heard that combination of words together ever in my life. And now it's, we, it's ingrained in our brain now, nine, ten months later, that that's so normal. But in March, I had never heard that before. It's interesting because if I told you last year that I am self-quarantining because I caught <laughs> COVID-19 during an anti-mask rally that was later reported as a super spreader event, and now I'm furlough and feeling depressed because I've been doom scrolling for hours, you wouldn't understand what I'm saying, even though I'm using English. Is this the new normal, Mike? Wow. There you go. Is this the new normal? Yeah, I think it speaks to what you said earlier, like every year new things happen and languages grow, languages develop. I just think this year it, it was, as to go back to what you said, it was exponential, right? Like, mm. because we had a new context. And as you and I know, like language is based on context, right? Without context, there's nothing, right? Absolutely. So we, we have these, yeah. So I guess you could say that the, the pandemic really exacerbated um, this kind of <laughs> trend. 
Sorry. That's an inside <laughs> joke there, everyone. Uh, but exacerbate but just, would be another word that just kind of but it's a great, up more, more commonly than it did in the past. Yeah. A great year to learn vocabulary. I mean, these Absolutely. words, these words are not, go. I guess the question is, what is a new word? Because my, my inclination here is that these are not new words, but these are just scientific words. They're medical words that were used, where we are and were used in a very tight, small community, you know. Um, epidemiologists or or virus researchers and, and doctors and nurses and the general public. So, you know, the word social is not a new word. The word distancing is not a new word. But using them together as a phrase, as a collocation, is has a brand new meaning. So maybe that's the question, is the yes. words are not new, but the meanings are different. It's interesting because if you compare 2020 to 2019, you would see that the words for 2019 were completely different, which just goes to show that language is a living thing. And if language is a living thing, then 2020, I think it would be fair for us to say that language has had a growth spurt, I guess. Um, we've learned a lot of new words, a lot of new vocab. And I don't know if you guys know this, but apparently the word coronavirus was more frequently used than the word time, which is one of the most mm. frequently used nouns in the English language. What does this say about vocab? Wow. So it tells me something about priority. That's what it mm -hmm. tells me, right? That perhaps um, words are more frequent when they're prioritized. And when words are required to explain what's happening in a situation or in a context, right? It's just mm -hmm. funny that time would be an interesting comparison because mm -hmm. coronavirus did wreak havoc with our time <laughs> and, and it really made us rethink time and place. Hey. Uh, but yeah, I think for me, Leo, yeah, it's, it's, it brings, reminds me of something to do with priority. Mm-hmm. Bring this to language learning then. How, how, would, how does this affect language learning? Because Andrew, you, one of the things you have said recently in the podcast uh, was that these are not new words. These were just words that have recently emerged. They have been brought back into our reality. What does that say about lang language learning? That I think we have to keep up with it. Not even for learning a language, but just how you know how we use a language is always evolving, and we're in combinations of words and words that have different meanings. You know, words you know are very contextual; they're very social. They have certain meanings in certain contexts, in certain places, and in places that they're used and how they're used. And so we have to keep questioning ourselves. Oh, I heard Leo say this word here. I heard Mike say the same word, but in a different way. Does the meaning change? And keep testing myself. And oh, what was a collocation that Mike used? Maybe that. The, the modifier or the the noun the noun after or the adjective before changes the meaning of what Leo was saying. And I just looked up, you said Oxford doesn't have a word of the year for 2020, but they did for 2019, of course. And it's actually uh, not a word at all. It's a it's a collocation. Do you know what it was? I know. And and to go to go for oh sorry. No. What's what the was word? it? Sorry. Which one? Uh, 2019 word of the year from Oxford was climate emergency. Yes. Oh wow. Why? Well, because that goes to show that a lot of, in 2019, we had a lot of climate-related vocab, a lot of climate-related terms. And apparently, it's interesting, Andrew, because I'm looking at the, the most common word in 2020 in January was the word bushfire, which goes to show hmm. that, that the, the climate-related term kind of like was brought into the beginning 
of 2020. What was the key word in February? Does anyone know? Valentine? It's interesting. Because no, yeah. you said, you said, Andrew, Mike said priority. Andrew said relevance. It's social. The word of February was the word impeachment because okay. that was a very hot topic oh. in January when the trial to impeach Donald Trump began. So that was the most common word in, in, in February. What about the end of February, beginning of March? Can anyone guess? Wow. It must be something about virus or it must pandemic. Be something it's, about virus. It's a, yeah. it's a noun related to impeachment. But again, oh. Donald T Trump wasn't impeached. So what's the... He was a... Acquitted? A, acquittal? Acquit, acquittal. Acquittal was the noun at the wow. end of February. It's interesting how we go from bushfire, which was a defining climatic event at the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 because there was those australian bushfire right, seasons yeah. right yeah apparently it was the worst um ever in their in the history of of uh, bushfires in, in australia and the and media would know that's important because of the previous year this was a, a massive topic mm. all over the world mm -hmm. right With the so what does that tell us rallies and cities about tips for learning and, and vocabulary development and is there a connection between that and current events to me, Andrew, it says that perhaps staying on top of current events, reading, exposure, Leo and I have talked a lot about this in earlier podcasts when we were looking at the seven C's, you know, giving, putting yourself out there and, and, and uh, getting exposure to language, even if you're, you're not living in a country where English is spoken is quite important. And obviously reading the news, mm -hmm. listening to the news, watching it on your favorite social media platform is kind of really, really important here, isn't it? And to add to what you said, Mike, I would actually argue that if you really want to learn how these words are used, you have to do what we call narrow reading. So perhaps instead of just reading about one, one article that is related to bushfires, you would read at least 10 different articles from 10 different sources talking about the same topic, because a lot of a lot of these words will overlap and it will be used differently depending on, on the sources. And I think one of the reasons why it's so easy for us to acquire these words, as Andrew said, with, with socially distancing, is because we hear them all the time. We are reading the news and we're seeing these words being used over and over again in different contexts. So we're doing not only narrow reading, but we're also doing a lot of narrow listening. So a strategy for those people who are trying to, if you're trying to learn a language is try to pick a topic and read about that topic as narrowly as possible by looking at different sources. So I think that would be a very good strategy to acquire vocab. And just to, just to finish off there, Leo, I think that this should also be reassuring to learners because it shows us that, that learning is an ongoing process. It's lifelong. These are words, social distancing, these are words that quote unquote native speakers don't know, right? Like it shows that you're never 100% truly perfectly mm -hmm. proficient in the language that you need to stay on top of things, right? So, yeah. excuse me, uh, I just think it's reassuring and it, 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 it shows learners that, that there is no kind of perfect ideal or the native speaker is not something you should be trying to strive for. It should be as you said earlier, finding words that are relevant to your own life that help you talk about yeah. the things that matter and focus on those and mm -hmm. realizing that words are new words are going to come up all the time. 
to help you talk about these things. And it's a real life example of how people learn not only what words mean, which we always say is the first step, but never the last step, but also how to use words and in which context to use them, which is the hardest part about learning new words or combinations of words. All of us sitting here and probably everybody listening, you know, didn't know words or, how, you know, even if we know what the word lockdown meant, if you asked us to use it in a sentence, it would have been pretty difficult 10 months ago or one year ago. PPE, I know we didn't know what that, I didn't know what that oh, was example. 10 months ago, right? Looking at words like contact tracing or flattening the curve, all of these, you know, you probably, I could have guessed their meaning, but if you asked me to use it, I would have failed miserably. But right, it's yeah. on the news every day. It's in the articles every day. You hear your friends using it, you know, seriously or as a joke. And through exposure and through continued use, and now we all are sitting here using these words like they're normal words. But <laughs> how long? It's only taken us six months, and we've got hundreds of new words in our vocabulary now. Have you so ever it's a, used it's a real life word? example of how people learn uh, how learn vocabulary. I was thinking about that, like. Oh, first of all, I had a question before that, before I talk about the, the question okay. I have for you. But which word came before, coronavirus or COVID-19? What do you guys think? <laughs> coronavirus, right? I want to say it was coronavir coronavirus. Yes. Yeah. Coronavirus came early March and then late mid-April. That's when the word COVID-19, which is a completely new word, was first, I think, first reported by the, w, the World Health Organization, which is basically an abbreviation. Huh. Of the word of the coronavirus disease, and then right after that, Andrew, that's when the word lockdown, right. which is a term that is that is apparently more preferred in Anglophone countries like United Kingdom, um, Canada, huh. Australia. But interesting, it's a word that has been borrowed by other languages because mm -hmm. when I was talking to some of my Brazilian friends, some Spanish friends, they were using the word lockdown. <laughs> So they're pronouncing okay. it. There you go. They're adding their own. But you see, that goes to show that even a person who doesn't speak English will still learn words that come from English. And it was only after lockdown that the word social distancing yes. um, came because I think it was introduced as a means to um, reduce the my, spread. My Communal My friend spread, and I like to right? like to joke that that's uh, that's the COVID PR firm at work, making people feel more like advertising on on COVID's part, making it seem more attractive and making it seem better. Coronavirus sounds bad. COVID nineteen sounds a bit more scientific and not as intimidating. So yeah, and I think Corona beer was not happy that it was called that. Probably just gonna so. say yeah, that's a, <laughs> ouch. So the other question I had for both of you is like prior to the global pandemic, have you ever found yourself or have you ever noticed yourself using the verb to self-quarantine? Is that a word that you ever used in your whole life? Never. No, I don't think so. No, it just goes to show no, never, that. Never, I know. Yeah. Quarantine is not a word that I ever, I mean, I know that was a word that really stuck out to me. It sounded so severe. It sounded mm. like a medical experiment. It sounded something like my God, like a sci-fi movie. And I guess in a way, I was gonna you know, say we've been that. living in a like sci-fi movie. But, um, yeah. It's interesting to see how things normalize or become normal over time. Those words are very Even the word abrasive, normal. I guess, right? <laughs> Serious words as, as they, they are. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, through overuse, they become or they seem less serious. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like I can't fly home to see you because I have to quarantine, <laughs> right? Like it's right. just like it's second nature now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, late May, that's when the word reopening 
became frequently okay. used because well, they were reopening shops season. yes yes and then what was the most common most uh uh searched word in june can you guys want to say mask is that when mask started to no yeah. no no let's Nobody say it's a movement searching. it was a movement something a movement. happened black Lives george Matter. floyd yes oh black lives matter yeah, yeah that that's, it yeah. just goes to show how how language is a social act because this word exploded in the beginning of june and I think it remained until the, the end of the year with, mm -hmm. with the killings of uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, other black Americans. Certainly, a, right? as it should be a talking point through the U.S. election, which basically just is kind of still going on. So it's certainly uh, still, still talked about, obviously, as it should be. Yes. Yeah, great point. What about in July? July, I think, has the two words that I wanted to suggest that are my two words. Uh, okay, the so we're getting word to in it. July. Okay. Yeah, we're getting to our words. In July, it was the word cancel culture, which is actually a collocation, mm. right? Cancel mm. culture. Um, and basically, again, this idea, this culture of boycotting and, and withdrawing support from, from celebrities or from public figures um, because their actions were considered... Um, somewhat socially unacceptable. I remember that people were trying to cancel Joe Rogan. They were trying. I think a lot of people got canceled. Can you think of any other? It's funny because we started canceling people. We never did that in the past. We never canceled a person. You cancel an you event, cancel, right? Or something like you that. You cancel yeah. an event. You cancel your credit card. But now you cancel people. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I've studied English on my own and in a classroom for years, but felt like I wasn't improving. I didn't really know how to learn. Then I found the Learn Your English Online Student Membership. My name is Azad, and I am an LYE member. This membership is for people who are passionate about learning English in their own way. These are not classes. This is learning outside of the classroom replacing textbooks with other students in a safe space. We learn by participating in activities just for us, effective and fun. Head over to the Learn Your English website for all the details. That is learnyourenglish.com. Ready to take control of your learning? Join me today in the Learn Your English student community. Hey everyone out there, I am Pamela from Costa Rica and you're listening to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. Hola a todos, ¿cómo están? Mi nombre es Pamela y soy de Costa Rica y ustedes están escuchando en este momento Teacher Talking Time del podcast Aprende tu Inglés. So what I'm hearing here, it's very interesting because even going back to the word of the year last year from Oxford, uh, climate emergency, a lot of words are combinations of words. Mm. So mm. maybe... Do you think the trick to learning vocabulary then is not to learn one word, but to learn collocations or to learn words that go with that word? Because if you say the word cancel, we know the definition of the word cancel is a pretty simple word, but any number of combinations, words you put before it or after it, would drastically or could drastically change the meaning mm -hmm. of the word, right? Yes. Uh, there are lots of other examples as well, quarantine, et cetera, et cetera, but... Mm -hmm. Do you, yeah. So do you, would that be a trick? Before we get to, I know we have our, our own list of our words of the year. Maybe there are combinations of words, but do, do you think that's a trick to learning new words? 
Absolutely. Oh, I would, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, that's something we've talked extensively about both in our newsletter and uh, also in some other episodes of the, of the um, uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, how can you learn a word if you don't know how to use it in a sentence and in order to use it in yeah. a sentence, you have to know what comes with it. Right. All right. I have to admit that I didn't know much about the cancel culture um, expression. The, the, but then eventually when I started looking into articles and reading more, that's when I became a little more familiarized with how to use the word um, cancel or, or how to use the expression cancel culture. It was basically this idea of boycotting people. But I never thought that you could actually cancel a person, as I said earlier. Um, right. But it's I a noun like phrase live... in that case as well. We yeah, usually think of cancel be... as a verb. Cancel yeah. culture is, is something, right? Yeah. Has yeah, resulted in something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you can also cancel someone. We, we can say, for example, we're using cancel in a, in a, uh, in a, in a, in a passive voice saying he's been canceled. That's why he's not on the, on the news anymore. Right. And I think a lot of people, a lot of celebrities were canceled this year. Um, a lot of people who did things that were considered, as I said, socially unacceptable, they were eventually canceled and uh and i think yeah that's it that's basically it but yeah andrew i think you're right i think we really need to um emphasize to those of those people who listen to this podcast that it's really important to read listen um narrowly notice notice, notice yeah notice, notice analyze it and then find ways to use it so that's perhaps the best way to learn and remember Perfect. words that you learn all right, Leo, the yeah. suspense is killing us here, man. What's your, uh, what's your word of the year? Is it cancel culture or is there another one? I think cancel culture is one. Uh, BIPOC is definitely another mm. one. Whoa. Good one. Because I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, and, where do you, BIPOC, right. where is that? what does that mean? I think that word emerged in late July, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember joining a couple of conversations, live conversations with people in the summer when we had the reopening <laughs> of... <laughs> of uh temporarily of businesses yes temporarily yeah. and i remember people having conversations they're like oh yeah because bipoc people bipoc 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 and i was hmm. like what the hell is bipoc and then eventually because the usage of this word became so uh, uh pervasive around the groups of people that i was hanging out with that eventually i had to google it and i found out that bipoc stand is an abbreviation so a lot of abbreviations now in 2020 is an abbreviation for black indigenous and other people of color there we go mm -hmm. what about you andrew what's your uh, what's a word for you so my word of the year so that's interesting so your word of the year is uh, an abbreviation uh oxford's word of the year was a collocation last year uh and my word of the year is also a collocation it's not one word but it's uh definitely a new term that i don't think anyone has said before the last 10 months and my word is zoom fatigue oh zoom fatigue yeah yeah not sponsored yeah. by the way <laughs> although we are using zoom. <laughs> lots of good collocates there right like uh to suffer from zoom so fatigue, exactly right? so then i looked up um common words that go with zoom fatigue and just fatigue again zoom is the name of a company and fatigue is a word that's not a new word but how we use it has changed and evolved over the last 10 months so common verbs that go with fatigue 
is to combat fatigue, fatigue, to relieve fatigue, to experience fatigue, cause, um, prevent, feel. And then you can use Zoom fatigue as a collocation with all of those verbs as well. So teaching online and working online and living online, most people probably experience Zoom fatigue or experience severe or maybe mild Zoom fatigue on a day-to-day basis or suffer from Zoom fatigue. And I know I do. And I know you guys do as well. Um, oh. And even Zoom fatigue, the word Zoom is kind of like Kleenex. You know, even if you're not using Zoom, you're using whatever program software you're using. Most people would still say Zoom fatigue. You might not buy the brand Kleenex, but you probably still call it Kleenex. So Zoom has yeah. capitalized on that that term as well. And even as a verb, right? Like let's Zoom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so using yeah it as great a verb, point. Using as a noun. I'll zoom you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll zoom yeah. you. <laughs> Easy now, Mike. Easy now. Let's zoom. Let's zoom later. Zoom. Yeah, I'll zoom you. Zoom me. So, uh, yeah, and I looked up th- those words and those verbs that g- are most common with fatigue, and I didn't know those, obviously, off the top of my head. So those are the most common verbs that go with fatigue and, and zoom fatigue. So, um, and then w- if you're going on the other mm-hmm. side, if you want to modify and go past zoom fatigue on the other side, what are the symptoms or what happens to you if you suffer from Zoom fatigue, where you can have headaches mm. and muscle weakness and dizziness and uh, just overall tiredness, etc. So there's lots of ways to incorporate and use, mm. use that word. So that's that's my, my word of the year. I think there's a connection between your word and another word that I, that I would perhaps elect as my word of the year. But I'll, I'll ask Mike because I'm curious about his okay. word. I got a few, but uh, I'm going to start. I'm, well, listen, it's been a wild year, but uh, I'm going to start off. I'm going to, you tell me the context of this. Hmm. Okay. okay. So this is a concept. Um, my word of the year is rabbit hole. Oh, mm. that's a good one. So any idea what the context might have been? Contexts might have been for rabbit hole. Oof. Well, we know a rabbit hole is the news, the a news. place where you search for something and you kind of just go down that hole like what a rabbit digs and it goes on forever and ever. So maybe, Mike, you were searching like for symptoms of COVID-19, maybe? It's really, yeah, Leo? There is a movie. There is a Nicole Kidman <laughs> movie called Rabbit Hole. And I think she started cheating on her husband. And I think, <laughs> well, we all know what happened. She goes down a rabbit hole. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Venturing I down don't a rabbit hole. Actually. Said, sure. Seeking yeah. information. Almost I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> so, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Say it again. The connection to 2020 is conspiracy theories. Oh. Mm. Okay. And some of us, some of our listeners might be familiar with QAnon. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, during the election, um, there were a lot of people talking about how certain platforms have, be, have provided or serve as a, a, a rabbit hole. So basically, as Andrew said, you would dig deeper to find more and more information. Problem is, you never get to the answer. You, you're yeah. kind of thrown down a rabbit hole or you fall into a rabbit hole, so to speak. And I think a couple things. Yes, it's tied to um, conspiracy theories. But also, I, I think um, we've all experienced this, right? Like uh, we, we find to- a topic we're interested in. And then two hours later, we're still searching the internet, trying to learn more about it. And you kind of <laughs> fall into the rabbit hole. And I, I just, from a personal level, just 
my own studies and just like yeah uh reading one article then reading another article and then finding one and just you know this information and we live in this information age where there are yes it's a perfect word for this year perfect my god well, there is a reference because I was thinking about that because I remember they used that word in Matrix, but the Matrix reference comes from the Alice journey of Alice, Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Yeah, because she starts with us. I think she's looking mm. at a, looking at a painting. Like, yeah. I think yeah. it's a painting. Yeah. And as what you said, Mike, it's a very simple search, which is the rabbit hole. <laughs> and then you kind of like find yourself... <laughs> Yeah. Well, you get off, of off web, topic perhaps. slightly at each different step, and then eventually you're like on a totally new thing, and it's been two hours. YouTube, YouTube is a good example <laughs> right. of that. Oh, it's yeah. a great example. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. You start with a one. You start with one video, and then you watch a suggested video, and then you're like, "How the hell did I end up here?" Three hours later. Three yeah. hours later, right? Yeah. Because you keep digging yeah. deeper, right? Lots of yeah. twists and and yeah. And I think it connects to learning, but there also is a negative side of it. Like if I were, if I were um, talking to Leo and Leo's in my office back in the day and we're, we're chatting, I might say, um, oh, Leo, let's, let's check this out. And then 20 minutes later, we've fallen into the rabbit hole and work's mm-hmm. not getting done. So yeah. it can be this good thing, this, this um, inquiry, but it can also just be a, a pure waste of time, right? Yeah. Interesting, Mike, because my other favorite word for 2020 is directly related to yours. And perhaps it's even a synonym, and this is something that we could discuss. Um, When I said earlier, if I told you guys last year that I am self-quarantining because I caught COVID-19 during an anti-mask rally that was later reported as a super spreader event, and now I'm on furlough, and feeling depressed because I've been doom scrolling for hours. I think that's the word for me. Wow, doom what's that? scrolling. So I didn't know until up until recently. So get. I think I want you guys to picture this. I was one day I was talking to my daughter, and she was trying to get into bed. I turned off the lights, and she tried to fall asleep. Eventually, she woke up in the middle of the night, and. I saw her on the phone, on her phone. She was like on her phone Uh-oh. and she was like basically saying, daddy, the coronavirus is killing a lot of people. We don't know if I'm going to go back to school. Oh, and, no. and she said, all my friends are. So she started feeling very anxious and she had a panic attack that night. And I'll never forget that. And eventually I started to do more research into this self-destructive behavior which has become very common for a lot of us when you eventually start watching the news or you start scrolling through your, f- your news feed hmm. and you eventually find out that there's only negative um, things. So when you, you keep scrolling through all of your social media feeds looking for the most recent, I would say, and, and we know this, the most, most of the news are upsetting. They won't feel any better. So the more you scroll, the worse you're going to feel. So you're doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. So that was the further the word you go down me. that rabbit hole, right? The That's right. So doom scrolling in. Yeah. So, Very much. Yeah. I think there is a connection between those two. Wow. Yeah. You the more you doom scroll, the deeper you go down the rabbit hole. We've almost created a whole new language this year. Grim. It's interesting. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Now, if I could go next, and then we'll come back to you, Andrew, for your second okay. one, because I know we're, if we push ourselves, we're going to find one. Because Leo, I think my second one 
actually connects with uh, something you said earlier and may even connect to doom scrolling in the rabbit hole. Um, mm. Echo chamber. Ooh. Oh, okay. Echo Would you like chamber. to tell us more about yeah. how you came across well, I, that I word find or... that um, we were talking earlier about media and, and following people on social media and um, even cancel culture. And, and um, mm. it's quite interesting that, uh, that this pandemic wasn't really a time of, for people to come together. I think there are great examples where people came together, but it was actually mm. quite a divisive time, right? We had people on both sides with opposing views. And what happened was a lot of people would just listen to the news that agreed with their opinion. It was mm. echoing back what they were believing. And they did this not only in, in, on their, the channels that they watch, but the, right. the people they follow or the newsletters they subscribe to. So they so, could get this kind of same opinion echoing back at them. Right. And they were kind of oblivious to so the other side. So, that's so it's a chamber, chamber, Mike. So a yeah. chamber is because it's a space, right? It's a metaphorical it's, space, right? It's yeah. a space where everyone agrees with the information, basically. Is that it? That's right. That's right. Okay. And if you don't, then you find your own echo chamber. Right? Or, you, or you're than, canceled, or you're canceled, or you're canceled, or you cancel one of the other echo chambers. Yeah, you cancel Very the other representative wow. culture, so to speak. So it's yeah. almost like a bubble, right? Oh, another you just took my word. next that word. That was my next one. That was number two. Oh, oh sorry. No, 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 it's perfect. Oh. It's a good. We we align there. So that was that was very there good. We go. we, uh, we thought bubbles or just. <laughs> Mm. quarantine thought bubbles were always a thing but now you know if you are doom scrolling and you're talking going down that rabbit hole and you're only watching news of with people that share the same opinion that you do then they are your intellectual bubble we can say mm. or obviously in the last year we've had to uh, restrict our social interactions or or physical distancing with people inside of our quote-unquote social bubble um, which depending on where you live in the world can be upwards of zero people to 10 to 20 or whatever the case was on a month or week-to-week -week basis but bubble again not a new word obviously but how it's used this year is yeah. drastically different than unprecedented so different. use yeah. uh, we can say <laughs> they're all connected in a way they are all connected Echo but it's really chamber, brilliant, uh, honestly, uh, doom because scrolling. Yeah. most of the world is not, are not epidemiologists and don't know about this. So these are all words that I hope are easy for us to understand what we need to do to combat the virus, to combat the pandemic, you know. Um, so mm -hmm. words like bubble and quarantine and self-quarantine and self-isolate, using the word self as a prefix on those um, should, mm -hmm. it hasn't always, but should imply responsibility and accountability for one's own actions. So I think it's an interesting... Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever board meeting happened about coming up with what words to use uh, to help the population understand what was going on. It, it was an interesting um, collection of vocabulary that, that started to be used across the world. Yeah, I really like that. Echo chamber, doom scrolling, and now bubbles. Huh. Very, All very right. interesting. But these are all, these are kind of grim. A little no? bit. Like, I yeah. Think it only seems right to end the year on a positive note. 
So for my final word, oh. I think for our final words, let's see if we can find something more positive. So my word, and I hope this doesn't steal yours, Leo, mm. leverage. Oh, uh-huh. good one. During the pandemic, people had to find solutions, right? We were all kind of thrown into new environments and we had to take the skills and the resources we had and we had to try and use them to, to find the solution, right? So I think some people, you leveraged their skills to start new careers. I think some mm. people leveraged the time they had to take up new hobbies or to spend time with their family. I think um, people leveraged their resources, but then use them across lots of different areas. So for example, you had alcohol companies making hand sanitizer, right? They were leveraging their knowledge, know-how technology resources to, to help the response. So I think for me, if I had to finish, I'd finish on a positive note, but I think leverage is a, is a key word that would be part of that. Wow, you made me think now hard and awesome about that. It's a great word. Uh, and that's a positive one. Good way you, to end the year on that one. That's yeah. a great one. Do you yeah. have one, Andrew? Do you have one personal word? Maybe a word that could become a lesson? Because leverage is a good word, and we I like that word a lot. Too. Not really, honestly. No. I have three words. Does that count? Is it like a? Can I use a phrase instead of a? Of, sure. a, of course, a word? Yeah. yeah. I think the word for me or the the phrase it's it's not fair. Hmm. Um, and why do why did I choose that? Because I many times in my life I always thought, oh, but this is not fair. And my kids sometimes used to say that to me, but mm-hmm. I I honestly told them that they should really remove these words out of their vocabulary. Why? Because these words are impotent and they are meaningless. Why? Because they don't do anything to us. They don't improve our lives. They don't, as you said, Mike. They don't allow us to leverage our skills. But what do they do? They make us upset. They make us believe that we don't have options, as you said, because we yeah. do. We all have options. We just need to leverage. Yeah, things. almost like so, it's like they blame. It's like taking something and blaming it rather than, yes. rather than uh, controlling what you can control. So That's speak, right. right. That's right. And I was going to mention... Um, one of the biggest lines for me this year was a line by Epictetus when he said that it's not things that really upset us, but our judgments about those Hmm. things. So when we think about the word fair, fair is not really objective. Fair is an opinion. Oh, like my fair might be different from your fair. From your fair, exactly. So, So it's an opinion that we all have about an objective reality that we currently find ourselves in. So to me, it's those three words. Removing, maybe not really a word of the year, but more like no, no. removing no, these fine. words from my ear. It's not fair. Removing that from, nice. your, from, from your vocabulary. What about you, Andrew? No, I can't top that. That's a really good one. I don't really have, honestly, one a personal word that I've come across. I think those are, those, I'll steal fair. those ones. Those are really good options. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but that's okay. We should definitely come back next year to talk about the words of 2021. Sure. I have one for Andrew as a friend. Oh, yeah? Journey. So you're going you're gonna to land. Journey, I think, is a good journey. word for Andrew. 
Don't stop believing. Journey. Yeah. Not only the band, great band, great new singer, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I think, Andrew, I think we've been on a journey this year as a you company. You betcha. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that we've, we've been on a learning journey, right? Um, there have been bumps along the journey, uh, hurdles to overcome, but we've, uh, we've made it, right? We've started this podcast yeah. for learners. It's yeah. been a great, you know, I think everyone has the same mentality. The last year seems like it's gone by very fast, but it also feels like it's a whole decade all in one year at the same time. So uh, journey is, a, I like that, it is a good one. It has been a long year and for everybody in many respects, um, but only good things has to be coming ahead next year as there is light at the end of the tunnel, of course, and vaccines mm-hmm. are coming and are here and are in many places of the world. And I think quarantine, we've gotten accustomed and we've gotten used to it, but I know we all can't wait to to break the bubble and, and get out of it and replace our Zoom fatigue with classroom fatigue. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> or no fatigue. Or no fatigue. Yeah, just, yeah. Let's just, why can't we just enjoy stuff? Yeah. Uh... Beautiful. All right, so those are the words of the year. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Right? Thanks for listening to the Cult of Learning. This is our first year producing this podcast. And before we go, show us some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review on Spotify. You can subscribe to our our channels. And stay tuned because next year we have new episodes of the Cult of Learning. Mike, Andrew, happy new year. Happy 2021. Happy new year as well. Likewise. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.